Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Sack in the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill, and we are back after President's Day weekend. Uh, hopefully, everybody enjoyed a holiday that nobody ever seems to remember exists. I know I didn't until I looked at our schedule and realized I wasn't working Monday, and then I was really thankful for President's Day. Uh, but we are back from the fan side offices here in snowy, cold Chicago. Hopefully where you are, uh, there's a beach, and it's 80 degrees, and you haven't seen snow except for on television. Um, but in any event, look, there's a lot to get to. Uh, it's the NFL, and it's the offseason, but the league never sleeps. And so... The biggest story right now, and I touched on it uh, last week, and uh, Hell and I can delve into it again, go a little further, is Antonio Brown and the Steelers. Look, it, it, we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, and on Tuesday morning, Antonio Brown did an Instagram Live where he talked about that he wants guaranteed money in his contract, and that if, if there's a team willing to give it to him, to let him know. And then a couple hours later, he tweets out a picture of he and Art Rooney, who is the owner of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and said look we both understand that it's time to move on now the Steelers reportedly will try to facilitate these uh, trade requests and we'll see where it goes but Hill your thoughts on uh, Mr. Big Chest as he wants to be known <laughs> uh, getting uh, getting his way at least to this point and forcing a way out of Pittsburgh I mean this is kind of the conclusion that we thought was going to happen. Uh, it's its hard to work your way out of Pittsburgh. Just ask Le'Veon Bell how easy that is. I mean, if you're him and you're sitting there looking, you sat out all of last season, and Antonio Brown in, what, a couple of weeks is able to facilitate a trade? Uh, I don't know where he's going to go. But just the fact that, I mean, we'll get to that, where Antonio Brown's going to play. Just the fact that we were talking about this in the preseason last year when we were leading up to the season, the wheels coming off the clown car in Pittsburgh. This might be it. Like, what is Ben Roethlisberger going to do without Antonio Brown? Oh, he's going to be throwing everybody under the bus. Oh, easily. The bus isn't big enough. (laughs) There's not enough tires in the bus to fit as many people under the next year. He's not going to have Bell. He's not going to have Brown. I mean, prayers up for Juju Smith-Schuster because he is the next man right on that list to get thrown under the bus by Big Ben. And the other question, too, is, like, what happens to Antonio Brown? Like, Antonio Brown, a lot of the times, Ben Roethlisberger is able to, you know, we, we say Roethlisberger's on the downtrend of his career because he is. He's in the twilight, if even further along. But he is able to find Antonio Brown, who freelances a lot of freaking routes. And so just the fact that he's able to work that, even given it as his age and the chemistry that they have, and all these people are saying, oh, yeah, don't worry. Antonio Brown's going to go to San Francisco. He's going to be great with Garoppolo. What happens the first time Antonio Brown breaks off his route and Jimmy Garoppolo can't find him and Jimmy Garoppolo gets murdered by the defensive lineman who's just barreling down on him? 
What do you think Kyle Shanahan is going to think about somebody taking his playbook and going, no, nah, I'm going to do what I want to do? So like, th- th- there's a lot of outcomes here. Pittsburgh, I think that the wheels are coming off. We've said that. We've seen this coming for a while. But this idea that Antonio Brown is going to go to Green Bay and all of a sudden the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl, yeah. Him and Aaron Rodgers in the same locker room, poor Matt LaFleur. Like, he had no idea what he was signing up for. I, I, first of all, I agree with everything you said. All right. My feeling on it is, and we've been reporting on this story here at Fansided for about a month now since I was down at the Senior Bowl, and our editor-in-chief, Jason Cole, has also been spearheading this on this front. And, look, I reported back in January that Steelers and Brown are both willing to work things out. I stand by that report. Okay, the problem is, is when you have somebody who is as emotionally unstable as Antonio Brown. This yeah. isn't, I, I'm not saying it's like criticized, man, it's just the facts. You don't know. Like, there is no plan. It's just a day-to-day, oh, how did I feel today when I woke up type of thing. And so, ultimately, the Steelers are not going to acquiesce just because the player is putting pressure on them. As you mentioned, Le'Veon Bell can attest to that. Okay? The Steelers yeah. are not the kind of team that's going to say, okay, well, look, the player wants to be out of here. We're just going to do right by him. The Steelers are going to dig their heels in if they feel that they're right and say, no, you're under contract, and this is how this is going to play out. We're going to exercise our rights just as you can exercise yours. So, then, about a week ago, uh, Jason and I uh, co-authored a report that basically said, look, uh, the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger, they've all reached out to Antonio Brown since the end of the season via messages. He's not returned any of them, okay? And if Tomlin... Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Remains fond of Brown, or at least has this point, uh, as, as of late last week. Uh, per multiple sources. But Brown is, at this juncture, severing all ties. I mean, if you go back, even over the last seven days, he was liking tweets that asked if Ben Roethlisberger raped two college women. Uh, he was talking about how Roethlisberger acts like an owner, how Tomlin turned the team against him in Week 17 when he was dealing with what he calls some bumps and bruises. And Tomlin, of course, made him an active for the game. Uh, the, the story that was out and was pervasive was that Brown threw a hissy fit in practice on Wednesday that week and then didn't show up the rest of the week till game day um, and he left at halftime so look there's a lot I mean we could do a three-hour long podcast on all things that have gone on with Antonio Brown the Pittsburgh Steelers Um, but you know you mentioned the freelancing which is why I brought this all up And, and to quickly touch on that it's look a source who with with very good knowledge of the situation explained that yeah, look, Antonio freelances a lot, especially when it's a man-covered situation, okay? Because of how competitive he is, he wants to win. He's going to run the route he feels it's best for him to win, not necessarily it's in the playbook. That's a problem if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're Aaron Rodgers, and you haven't played with Antonio Brown. You have no idea what he's going to do. He's Brown has played with Big Ben for nine years, and you mentioned the twilight of his career, and he certainly is toward the end. He just won a passing title and threw for over fifty-one hundred yards. Like that, and that is where I'm going to come full circle on this. Antonio Brown wants out of there so bad. He's going to be 31 years old in July. He's still a very good player. 
Where are you going that is a better situation offensively than Pittsburgh? You have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You have a terrific second weapon on the other side of you and Juju Smith-Schuster. You have a great offensive line. You have a coach who will put up with all of your BS. Okay, because Tomlin, and and I think this is part of the problem that Pittsburgh enables that crap as much as anybody. He's a good coach, but he puts up with a lot of nonsense. And you look at Bavada's odds of where he might land. This was as of February 12th. This was before about eight other incidents that have broken out since. But look at these teams on the list beyond Pittsburgh. San Francisco, not a playoff team. Dallas, barely a playoff team. And I'd be shocked if he goes there. They've already invested a ton in Amari Cooper. Green Bay, probably his dream scenario. He goes to Rodgers, LaFleur's got an innovative offense, so on and so forth. The Bills. Can you imagine Antonio Brown with Josh Allen in Buffalo? That would be... I would actually pay money to <laughs> yes, see that. Please, please, God. Arizona, that's where he wants to go. To go 4-12 and with Josh Rosen. Indianapolis, that would be interesting. I don't know if Antonio Brown and Indianapolis, Indiana is a, a great fit, uh, but that would at least be interesting. The Jets, yeah, that's what he needs is to go to New York. And play on a team that has Adam Gase and Greg Williams and his son. Uh, and then there's the Saints, which I'd be shocked. And then the Dolphins, who are completely mm-hmm. rebuilt. I mean, there is not... Green Bay would be the only spot where I'd say, well, maybe Indianapolis. You'd say, well, okay, if you went to those two spots, he's got a quarterback, he's got a guy on the other side of him. Beyond that, like if he ends up where I think he's going to end up, which is Oakland, uh, good luck. That is a brutal spot to be in if you're Brown. There is nobody who's throwing you the ball. It's on Big Ben's level, and there is nobody who's giving you any kind of help in the air side. No. It's, yeah, this is going to be interesting to see what happens with Antonio Brown because he, he is the best receiver in football. But it's this thing where, and it also goes into this conversation of, you know, basketball is so infinitely interesting because it allows its personalities to breathe. Like, that's why we care about basketball. It's fascinating to watch. Speak for yourself. I'm a Knicks fan. Well, you're a Knicks fan. The sport died to me 20 years ago. Well, that's true. But also, like, you know, Enos Cantor coming out and saying, you know, talking about LeBron James when LeBron comes last year in Cleveland. You know, he's the king of New York and all this kind of This petty stuff that they go back and forth on. No, you're right. And, I mean, Manny Machado signs with the, the San Diego Padres today. And we have a whole conversation about how baseball doesn't let – this is boring. It's boring off season for baseball because they don't let their personalities breathe. Nobody cares that Manny Machado is a superstar. Manny Machado is a superstar. He is like Antonio Brown, but we don't talk about him that way because baseball smothers his personalities. Football doesn't allow its personalities to breathe either, and I think maybe this Antonio Brown thing is him trying too hard to be Boomin Bisman. He wants to be this guy who is going to be the personality, and all of a sudden it's eaten the player alive, and no longer is there Antonio Brown the receiver. Antonio Brown the fantasy player. It's, you know, Antonio Brown, the personality. It's Antonio Brown, I'm, you know, dyeing my mustache blonde and showing up at Listen, the All-Star when, game. When, when you dye your mustache blonde... <laughs> like we need to talk about that. We've got to slow down a little bit. We gotta, and look, you know what? This is kind of a sensitive topic, but I think it's worth exploring, at least on the surface, because I'm not going to pretend to be a psychiatrist. But there's also a part of me that does wonder, like, at what point does mental health factor into this whole situation and I don't mean that in any other way other than to say there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on with him personally in the last year yeah. okay he's been accused of domestic violence which was shoving his uh his child's mother out mm-hmm. of his doorway yep. okay that was recent that was in the last month oh yeah he allegedly threw furniture off a 14th floor balcony uh during a dispute and almost struck a, a toddler I believe it was yep. a, a kid, yep. child under two years old um Luckily, didn't. 
uh, was sighted going over 100 miles an hour in a 30-mile-an-hour zone. That was in November. All this stuff that's gone on with, with the Steelers. He threatened Jeremy Fowler, the ESPN uh, Pittsburgh Steelers reporter. Yep. Uh, I believe it was in August. There's been a lot of stuff. Like, at what point do you take a step back and say, okay, look, I get it. You know, he's high strung. He's, he's a competitive athlete. There's a lot of emotion that goes into that. You're an alpha male, all that. Fine. But, like, at what point do you also look at it and go, like, is he okay? Like, something wrong? Because there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there. I mean, there's a whole lot. Of, and I don't, I don't know Antonio Brown personally. I'm not accusing the man of anything. I'm just stating a fact that if that was just your average run-of-the-mill person, you would say that person might have some, some things that they need to work through. And if I'm a team that's interested in acquiring him, like, that's a real question. That's not like, oh, you know, I'm sure he's okay. Like, I am looking into that deeply. Because if he's not mentally well, if there's something deeper going on here, if there's something in his personal life going on that we're not aware about, and who knows, maybe there's not. But if there is, like, you're going to bring that guy on? Is he going to be happy with your team? Is he going to be a bigger problem than he's worth? A lot of questions. It is. And speaking of those teams that may or may not trade for him because I think the deal is like, was it like March 17th, St. Patrick's Day or something like that? He's got to be gone. Otherwise, the net, the Yeah, they, they owe a $2.5 million roster bonus. So, uh, I mean, Patrick's he's day. obviously not coming back to the Steelers. We're looking at you know, Bovada odds or odd sharks odds on who Antonio Brown could go get traded to. The Steelers, he's not going back to the Steelers. The San Francisco 49ers have been talked to to death. Do you have any thoughts on the 49ers? Because it's like, I mean, we kind of touched on like Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Kyle Shanahan. It's good in theory, look, but in practice. Like, it's look. a great fit personnel-wise. I just, a lot of times when these guys, it's like, this would be the best fit. Like, they never go there. And and my personal feeling on it is, is Kyle Shanahan, that's a, like, it's a very good offense, but that's a rigid scheme. Mm-hmm. Like, you mentioned a lot about freelancing. That is not, like, that is not going to fly if he's just doing that all over creation. No, look, you deal with some of that because he's a great player. I, I've said, and that's not even on the board, I think the Raiders are really interesting because look, think about it this way. First of all, if you're the Steelers, you're trading him outside of the division. So anybody in the division, that's a good point. You're not trading to the, him to the Patriots. You're not trading no. him to the Chiefs, no. okay? And I don't think those two teams, I, I especially the Chiefs. Trade for him, no, so. I don't think so either. But my point, you're not trading him to the Eagles. You're not trading him to State, Okay. So, like, you can start ruling out some teams. Then there are some other teams that don't have the cap space. Uh, you know, and then, and then you start looking at it and going, okay, well, does this team fit? Is this, is this right? Point being, the Raiders have three first-round picks. Mm-hmm. If there's any team that is willing to give up first-round picks, it's probably the Raiders, right? And I think the, I think the price is going to be a first and a third. Now, some people say, well, the Jets. Well, here's the problem with the Jets. They don't, <laughs> they don't have a second-round pick. No. Okay, so... If you're the Jets, you're giving up a top five pick? Nope. No, you're not, right? And that's where the Raiders come in. The Raiders could give them the Bears pick or the Cowboys pick. Yeah. They give them their own, and then their own third round pick, fine, right? But if you're the Cardinals, you're not giving them the first pick in the draft. No. If you're the Niners, you're not giving them the second overall pick in the draft. So that's where this all comes in. Like at some point, like Dallas, how is Dallas getting him? They don't have a first round pick. Mm-mm. The Packers are the only team other than the Raiders who have two first round picks. Yeah. They the Saints. So they, to me, along with the Raiders, are two teams I'm watching because they have the most ammunition. And typically, if you have the most ammunition and you're motivated, you can go out and get those guys. And those two teams are motivated for two opposite reasons. 
The Raiders are motivated because they suck, and they need somebody who can come in there and play. The other reason is they're moving to Vegas in 2020, yep. and that team needs somebody to stick on billboards. You can stick him on a billboard. And if you're Antonio Brown, Vegas, okay? <laughs> yeah. Bingo. <laughs> Business is more than booming <laughs> yeah. at that point, okay? And Green Bay, while it may be an outpost in terms of, of, of geography, you go there, you play with Aaron Rodgers, play with Devontae Adams, you get Matt LaFleur, that's a revitalized team. All of a sudden, it's a team that you say, hey, maybe they're a Super Bowl favorite or at least a strong contender. And if you're the Packers, you're looking at it and going, Aaron Rodgers is not getting any younger. Mm-mm. And if we can put a quality team around him for the next three, four years, we're going to go ahead and do it. So from my money, those two teams are the most interesting teams in this whole mix. Yeah, the Cowboys are high on the list as far as people interest, I guess, would be concerned. Like, that's not happening. Like, Jerry Jones, I mean, I understand why people want to connect those dots because he's going to go out there and try to make a crazy deal like this. But they don't have the ammunition to make it happen. They can't. And they're going to pay Cooper a mint. Yeah, and there's, I don't see that working out long term. Like, Dak Prescott... No, that, that's not working out. I don't understand how the Bills, the Cardinals, the Colts, and the Jets are on this list because none of those teams make any sort of sense as far as like contending now. Antonio Brown. You're going to take Antonio Brown from the contending Steelers, like you said, with a Hall of Fame quarterback and probably a Hall of Fame coach with Mike Tomlin. You're going to put him in New York. You're going to put him in Buffalo. You're going to put him in Miami. As someone who grew up in New like, York. my God. Yeah, go ahead, let that happen. See how it plays out. Oh, and I'm by there the way, fireworks. But yeah. By the way, Francesca's going to lose his mind every yeah, single Francesca, day. Yeah, Francesca would be catatonic <laughs> for about done. a month. But by the way, okay, if he goes to the Jets, the real loser in that whole thing is the Giants. You know what him and Odell Beckham are going to be doing at the club in New York? That's not. Oh, I mean, I won't get into <laughs> anything beyond that because we're on it. But that, like, those two guys at the club, that's, that's not what the Giants are looking for. I honest to God think if he gets straight to the Jets, Gettleman's going to be on the phone tomorrow. Like, okay, how, what do we get for Beckham? Mm-hmm. Because that, that's a time bomb, that, that whole situation. But no, I, I think, look, the Packers and the Raiders are the most ammo. They've both got reasons to go after him. I agree with you. Like, Dallas, there's no way that's happening. They don't have a first-round pick, and they're paying Cooper a mint. Okay, they, they didn't acquire him to let him go. Plus, he was great there. The Bills, you're the Bills going to bring Antonio Brown. You think that's going to end well? That's a horror show if they bring Good him night. in there. The Cardinals, I don't see any reason why that happens. Uh, you know, the Dolphins, every building, that makes no sense to me. Look, I like the, the Colts are interesting. I just, again, Frank Wright, that's a very structured offense. I don't see that happening. And, and look, I can tell you right now, Chris Ballard's a Kansas City guy, and the Chiefs, when, when Ballard was there, they took some chances on guys, but they typically didn't hand out enormous contracts to guys on the outside. Like, if you look at the way Kansas City's conducted business, dating back to when Chris Ballard was there. They will pay. They'll pay money, but they will hand it out to the internal guys. Like right now with the Chiefs, it's going to be about Hill. It's going to be about Chris yep. Jones. It's going to be about Patrick Mahomes in a couple of years. They've paid, they've paid Fisher. They've paid Kelsey. They, pay, they paid Houston and Berry. Like they paid their own guys. And I guarantee you the Colts. Now, the Colts will go outside a little bit because they don't have those guys that they're going to be spending that money on. Okay, outside of like a Luck and Hilton who already signed. But I don't, I don't think that they're going to be bringing in Antonio Brown to the Colts. I feel like that would just be a bad fit. Um, so let's, let's, look, let's look at it the other way and spin it. Let's say it gets traded. Seems like that's inevitable at this oh, juncture. Yeah. What are the Steelers? And how does that affect the AFC North? Because I feel like the AFC North is starting to shift for the first time in about 15 years. Yeah. I mean, we've been big fans of the Browns for a couple of years just because those fans deserve better than Hugh Jackson, and they finally have it. Um, I'm not ready to say that they're going to 
you know, the Antonio, because what the narrative is going to be is Antonio Brown gets traded anywhere. The immediate talk radio topic is going to be, well, it's time for Baker Mayfield and the Browns to take over the AFC North, which isn't going to happen because you still have John Harbaugh in that division. Okay. He's still controlling things. I don't know. The Bengals don't really set me on fire too much. The Steelers, without Brown, I mean, they're not, they're not the, they're not in the upper echelon of the AFC anymore. But they are still a team where if they get in as a wild card, you don't want to play them. You don't want to play. You don't want to scheme against Tomlin and Roethlisberger. So I don't think that it's going to be doom and gloom if they trade Antonio Brown. Because we also don't know what they're going to get for him. Who knows? Maybe they turn the draft picks into gold. You never know. What I think that we should be talking about when everybody's going to be talking about Baker Mayfield and the Browns, it's going to be this is, and we've touched on this before, this is the end of an era in Pittsburgh. Tom Roethlisberger is going to retire in the next couple of years, especially if he doesn't have any receivers and he doesn't have he's anybody to throw under the bus anymore. He's going to be gone. Tomlin is probably going to be one of those things where it's we've mutually agreed to part ways type of thing, and he's going to get a job two seconds later like Andy Reid did when the Eagles let him go. When Tony Dungy got fired by the Bucks. He's going to get a job again. But this is going to be a new era for the Steelers, and I don't know what it looks like because if you go back and look at these eras for the Steelers, Specifically, the most recent ones, where you go from Coward and you go to Tomlin. That was a seamless transition where you've got a quarterback in place who's going to be the quarterback of the future. You've got personnel there that's going to help. You've got a good head coach. I don't know what that looks like. They don't have a quarterback. It's Pittsburgh. It's an attractive franchise, so you're going to get a head coach who you want. You know, People can be lining up around the block to get that job. I don't know what the Steelers look like. And I don't know what the NFL is going to look like in a world where the Steelers are, you know, a bottom tier team for a couple of years because that's what they're going to be as they rebuild. I find them fascinating. Look, I, I think Cleveland, if they have a strong offseason and wait and see. I think Cleveland's the best team in that division. I, not, they need a strong offseason. Yeah. I, I don't think right now that they're ready yet. Okay. And I will say this the one big fear I have with the Browns. I have no idea if Freddie Kitchens is a good head coach. No. Like, to go from being an offensive line coach or an assistant <laughs> offensive coach to just being the head coach in four months, that's a, it's a gigantic – I mean, that's a jump that takes guys 10 years. Yeah. And that's a Freddie Kitchens four months. And that's Freddie usually, Kitchens is my hero for that th- reason. Th- of course. And uh, that is a very Browns thing, and that scares the hell out of me. <laughs> like the day, But I love Baker, okay? And I think offensively they've got a lot of talent. I hate the Kareem Hunt thing, and yeah. not and not because look, Kareem Hunt what he did is inexcusable. Okay, but I don't hate it because of the Kareem. I I think people in life generally deserve second chances. Yeah. Okay, and I know the Twitter mob and the social justice mob is going to scream its head off. He doesn't deserve it. He's terrible. Like what are we supposed to do? stick those people on an island? Like what, the the man made a mistake. Look. I'm all for it. The NFL wants to suspend them for a whole year. Fine. Do whatever you got to do. But I don't begrudge a team for signing him. My problem is you're Cleveland. Like, you're the one team that can't sign him. Where did all that crap happen? Cleveland. And you brought him home to hang out with the guys who were all part of that disaster? What are you, what are you doing, John? I, and I know John Dorsey drafted him. And, and, look, John Dorsey has an incredible eye for talent. John Dorsey also sometimes overlooks problems off the field mm-hmm. and look he'll point to well we drafted Tyree Kill in Kansas City and that worked out look Tyree Kill to this point has been a model citizen in Kansas City 
that could have gone the other way every bit as easily, right? Like, Kareem Hunt, like if Kareem Hunt goes and punches some guy in August at the club in Cleveland, everybody and their mother is going to justifiably say, what the hell are you doing? So I don't like that. I think it's an unnecessary distraction. That said, if Cleveland can add a couple pieces, I really like that team. And the other reason I, I think they can win that division is Cincinnati's totally rebuilding. Yeah. Okay, I mean, that team, they finally fired Marvin Lewis, and I Fine. like Zach Taylor. But I, I just think that that's a team that's going to take a little while. Okay, they still don't even have a defensive coordinator. Mm-mm. They've literally been looking for a defensive coordinator for like three months. Nobody Can't wants find. that job. Nobody, Nobody wants no. to get in bed with that. No. No way. They, they, they finished with the 32nd-ranked defense last year in a year where the Chiefs are giving up 800 yards a game. <laughs> um, now, the other part of that is I don't think Baltimore is that good. We both picked Baltimore to win the division last year, then immediately abandoned it when things went south, yep. and, then, and then shamelessly back hopped back on. Um, look, here's the problem. Baltimore, I don't think, can throw the football. Mm-hmm. I don't think Lamar Jackson can throw the ball. And – they're going to potentially lose C.J. Mosley to Darius Smith. There's talk maybe Eric Weddle's not back next year. Terrell Suggs is a free agent. Like that, that's a lot for a team that relies almost solely on its defense. That's a lot to, to potentially lose. And then the Steelers, look, the Brown thing is a domino effect. So, okay, you lose Antonio Brown. Everybody says, oh, last year they lost Le'Veon Bell. Okay, th- that's fine. But – Antonio Brown has a bigger domino effect because now you don't have a Matt Connor-level player to replace Antonio Brown. Mm-mm. You have nobody. Okay, because James Washington isn't going in there. But he's already, by the way, flat as a pancake after Ben yep. just ran the bus over him and then <laughs> yeah. backed it up and then ran him over 10 miles an hour. Fat. It, was, it was like a scene tire. out of casino. <laughs> um, but look, so the, the point being, now Ben's numbers are hurt because Brown is not catching 15 touchdown passes there like he did last year. And Juju Schmidt-Schuster... Well, guess what? Now he's getting the number one corner. Yep. Now he's getting coverage rolled over him. He's still a very good player, but that's going to hurt his numbers. So now somebody else has to step up. And if you're, guarding the, if you're going to play the Steelers, that offense used to be lethal. You'd say, oh, my God, they got Bell, they got Brown, they got Schmidt-Schuster, Ben's in his prime. Now it's like, hey, double Schmidt-Schuster and make Connor and James Washington beat us. Not the same thing. So I think the Steelers' window with this trade, when it happens, I think is, is closed. Yeah, it's it's not going to be good. Um, it's never good when James Washington is your best. It's not good. No, option. it's not what you're looking for. Like Mike, I mean, what do what do they do if you're the Steelers? Okay, so we're going with the scenario that they trade Antonio Brown. He's gone. You get a first and a third. I don't know who he got traded to. I don't know what they do with that first round pick. But let's say that that first round pick is not going to be impactful in the first year. Because what are they going to do? There's no wide receiver in the first round that they're going to go out and yeah, get. You know, like a DK Metcalf, no, Nikhil I mean, Harriet. Even if they go off. It's not a great class. Second, third round, they get like a Bryce Love or something like that and try to make him into a Le'Veon Bell. Like, you're not going to have a lot of impact. But like, what do you do? Like, Demarius Thomas is a free agent. Randall Cobb is a free agent. There's yeah. no, like, prized yeah. free agent where you can go out and say, yes. Golden Tate's the best guy. And, and he, like, if you're Golden Tate, are you going to Pittsburgh? Like, I mean, if they pay me. But, like, if I'm, but like, Pittsburgh doesn't do that. No. The Steelers don't have that huge contract. And, look, Tate's going to get stupid money. Because he's, yep. he's the only receiver worth a damn on the market. Now, Tyrell Williams is interesting. You know, he's somebody. But, like, Tyrell Williams, like, no, nobody's going into a game going, man, got, got to stop Tyrell Williams on how we're going to do that. You know, it's just it's, it's tough. The, the, the free agent and the draft class, it skews heavy defensively. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, uh, and Demarius Thomas is like, an interesting guy, but he's coming off torn Achilles late in the year. Emmanuel Sanders might get cut, but again, another guy late in the year, Achilles tear. You're probably not seeing him till Thanksgiving. Mm-mm. Yeah, so it's just like, what do you, I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you what would be crazy. And I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just kind of saying this because I think it'd be ridiculous to say. Do you imagine the Giants traded them Beckham? <laughs> Those are two old school families that are related to each other. Wow. Like, the Roonies and the Maras. Wait, you want a one-for-one swap? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, let's say, let's say like, Brown. Let's say they send them to uh, the Packers. Whatever. Okay. It doesn't matter, right? And they the Giants have been come. quietly, you know, according to reports, kind of looking around, sniffing around. What can we get from Beckham? There was a report that the Pats were really involved last year. What if the Steelers got a first-round pick for Brown and then turned around and told the Giants, we'll trade you our first round, that first-round pick for Odell Beckham? Like, wow. Now, you're not, you're not lessening the drama, but I mean, you want to replace him and you really want to stick it to Antonio Brown? Fine. We got rid of you and we got better. I mean, I, I, that, would be, that would be stunning. Because I, not only would you get, an, not only would Odell Beckham come over, but Roethlisberger all of a sudden makes him the best receiver in the league. Oh, they'd be besties. Good. They'd be, be taking amazing. selfies. Oh, like boat rides together. They'd be throwing it's... people under the bus together. It'd oh, be incredible. It would be, and Beckham would be happy for about a month, and they'd find something to complain oh. about, and then Ben would find something to complain about, and we'd be right back to where we are. But oh, yeah. in the meantime, oh, there'd be all this passive-aggressive stuff about how Beckham's the best guy I've ever played with. It would be, look, again, I, there's not any inside information. I'm not saying I think that'll happen. I don't think it will. But my God, I'd pay money to see that. Um, that would be incredible. And yes, a one-for-one swap, the Twitter would just explode. <laughs> Make it happen. My God. Maybe, maybe that's what we'll do next week. We'll come up with the most absurd trades for Antonio Brown. Um, I guess as we're wrapping up here, is there anybody on this list or any team on this list that, or not on this list, I guess I should say, that you think Antonio Brown could go to? Because we've got the Steelers, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Packers. You mentioned the Raiders who aren't on the list, but that makes a lot of sense too. Uh, the Bills, Cardinals, Colts, Jets, not going. They're not going. The Dolphins, the Saints are on the list. We didn't touch on the Saints, and that's very interesting because this is back-to-back years that New Orleans has been knocked out of the playoffs in the most soul-sucking way possible. You get the Minneapolis Miracle last year, which is you know an act of football gods at work. And then this year, you've got the screw job on the Bayou. You've got the whole the Robbie Coleman play. How, my, my concern with the Saints, because I have a feeling we're going to pick them as Super Bowl favorites again next year. I mean, you're going to go with the, the Chiefs, because for once in your life, you actually can do that with some I Chiefs. actually am. I actually am, but that's for another podcast. Uh, but my fear with the Saints is back-to-back years in year three, like, what does that hangover do? Like, the Minneapolis miracle was what it was. It was a shocking play, but it wasn't, I mean, it was a legal play. Like, it was, it was an act of God. They missed a tackle. Missed a tackle. We'll get over it. It's not the first time somebody's screwed up like that, especially in Minnesota in the playoffs. But that penalty, missing that call, like what does that do? Because we're going to hear about it all the lead up to week one. We're going to hear about it all off. I mean, this is going to be a thing. What does that do to that team's psyche? Do they? Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. You know me. I'm a huge football fan, but it can be stressful for us super fans. So Progressive is going to help take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how your team threw the wrong ball on the wrong net, just think about how Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Well, hope this distraction about Progressive's Home Court Explorer was helpful. It sure helped me from stressing about my team for a bit. 
anyway, go sports. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Bring in a guy like Antonio Brown to be like, you know what? We're just going all for it. This is year three. This is not happening to us three straight years. Roethlisberger's got the you know, days ticking off the clock. You know, Breeze isn't getting any younger either. He has to be 40. And if he's got Antonio Brown indoors running around. Oh, it's crazy. Wow. Him and Michael Thomas. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, Lance no. Moore made a living, made a killing in the Superdome. If he can do that. Yeah. I got Antonio Brown. Former Steelers great as well. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't know that I think it'll happen, but oh, it'd be, I mean, unbelievable to watch. I got those two guys on the same team. Michael Thomas just taking some shots on him at Twitter that he eventually deleted. So I don't know that. They'll get over it. Yeah. Uh, listen. Kevin Durant it. also took shots at the Warriors and Super Teams back in 2012. Kevin Durant, Durant has like 20 Twitter <laughs> burner accounts that he's trying to manage. He, man's busy. Although, although KD, <laughs> please come to the next. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, I think it'd be interesting. I'll give you another team, though. Uh, since that was the original question, that I, I would find interesting, and I wouldn't be shocked if they did it, even though <laughs> I don't know how it would end, the Lions. Because he went to college in Central Michigan. He he went to school up there. And the Lions are a team. Look, Stafford's not old, okay, early 30s, but they need to do something. Mm-hmm. I and mean, they've won a playoff game since 1991. The only other team with the longer streak, of course, is the Bungles in yep. uh, 1990. So... You know, the Lions, they have Kenny Galladay. They got rid of Tate. They cleared out his salary. They got rid of Damon Harris. Excuse me, they acquired Damon Harrison. Um, so they took on a little bit of money there. But, like, that's a team that they're just always in neutral. Like, do they just make a splash? They just go for it. Do they say, you know, yeah, let's go get Antonio Brown. I mean, if you're the Steelers, there's not a more nondescript place to trade him, right? Like, you don't care. He's in Detroit. And... Uh, I, I just look again. That that's just kind of throwing a dart at the board. But I, I think, look, you know, would that be a team that'd be interesting? Yeah, it'd be a team that'd be interesting because Stafford can play and Brown would get some numbers and he'd play indoors. And and look, the, the Lions, the Lions are not untalented. The the Lions are just consistently underachievers. Now, is 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 Brown fixing the Matt Patricia uh, situation? Uh, no, no, I don't think anything's fixing that situation. Oh, there's something that could fix that situation. <laughs> it starts uh, starts out with a pink slip, and then you just yeah. go from there. But let me throw this one after you. Yeah, go this ahead. This is from uh, well, this is from Jason Cole, our editor in chief. So because we were talking about this earlier, and it just completely works out that it's homerism on my part. But Bruce Arian decides to make a trade. I almost said Brown. the box. He's got Jameis Winston. He needs to prove something. You cut to Sean Jackson because he doesn't want to be there anyway. Oh, so he's gone. He's gone. You trade for Antonio Brown. Arians has already said he's not sure if he wants to take a guy like that. And, I'm pre- and I think Antonio Brown took a shot at him. But Antonio Brown's just you know flame-throwing everything right now at this point. But that could be an interesting landing spot, too. You talk about Jason Light. He, he needs to make some splashes. He's kind of on the hot seat a little bit. He's not afraid of big moves, either. Like, he comes in and he you know just absolutely spends free agent capital first couple of years doesn't work out now maybe he goes out guns blazing like that and he has bruce arians a guy who right. was with uh antonio brown in pittsburgh like well, how does that work well out? that's interesting and uh if you want to double check this but i'm pretty sure arians was there in pittsburgh with antonio brown for a few years yeah so well there's there's some connections there arians is a guy who handles big personalities as well as anybody yeah. in football um jackson yeah he's gone but they've shown a willingness to pay two receivers top money at the same time. So, I don't Mike know. Mike Evans and Antonio Brown in the same no, offense? O.J. No. Howard? Oh, listen, no question. No qu- I mean, my concern is is 
Jameis Winston and Antonio Brown in the same locker room. Like, like what happens the first time <laughs> Jameis Winston throws one of those ridiculous picks that he throws and Brown feels like he's open? Like, I kind of feel, in some, and I'm sure Antonio Brown doesn't feel this way, like he needs a quarterback who will tell him to shut the blank up and get mm-hmm. in the hall. Like, like, that is where Aaron Rodgers has the clout, I think, to just say, shut up. Yep. I don't care. Like, get in the huddle. I don't care. This is my football team. And he's going to have a hard time arguing that. You know, whereas I think if he goes to Tampa, there's maybe a little bit more. But Arians does mitigate a lot of that. So I'd be I'd be curious to see where that goes. I mean, Jason Light, as you mentioned, look, time's ticking. Mm-hmm. And he had, now, I, <laughs> I'd like to see you guys spend a little money on defense. <laughs> That'd be nice. Okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. I would like to see you guys spend some money <laughs> defensively. Um, yeah, can Antonio Brown play cornerback, please? Yeah, but let him play safety a little bit. But if you want to just go with the Chiefs method, which is just don't ever worry about stopping anybody, score thirty five points a game, then hey, that's a good start. Um, you know, which and by the way, because I know look, we, I'm thankful for every listener we have, and I know a lot of you, especially at the beginning, Chief fans, and hopefully you're still listening. It's obviously my background. Um, let me just say this right now, so I can answer. I don't have to answer a hundred tweets later. The Chiefs are not trading for Antonio Brown. That's just a PSA to all the Chief fans who listen to this podcast. We thank you all and we love you. But, no, don't tweet me. Don't ask, like, there, there is under no scenario where the Chiefs trading for Antonio Brown. No, none. It's not, so just, please, just, I have a family. All right, I got, I got limited time as it is. I can't be answering. <laughs> like, well, what if we do? No, nope. I don't care. I don't care if you go to them for like a million dollars. The Chiefs, the Chiefs have <laughs> enough guys in that locker room that, that need the ball. Talk okay? about a team that needs to spend on defense, too. Like, my God. Here's a nugget, actually. We can wrap up right here. Um, uh, all over the Presidents' Day weekend, been talking to some sources around the NFL. Here are a few free agency nuggets to keep in mind as we go forward. Okay? Uh, this Tuesday, as we're recording the podcast, first day you could tag a player. Yep. Um, here are a few things. Uh, we reported this fan side today. The Patriots are very unlikely to tag Trey Flowers. This, the, the Pats would be actually – the cap is expected to be about $190 million, so using that as a figure – the tag for Flowers would be a little over $18 million. That would actually put the Pats over the cap. Um, and they have Trent Brown at left tackle, and they have Stephen Guskowski at kicker. The thought is that Guskowski is the likely tag uh, because he, he is going to get you know, $5.16 million, yeah. which is $13 million less than Flowers would get. My get my, my, not my guess. My, my source tells me that, look, Flowers is, is not going to be tagged. However... They could try to re-sign him once he hits the market. They could wait. Because when you sign a guy to a long-term deal, that first-year money is going to be a lot less than the tag would cost you against the cap. Okay, so there's some capology that goes into that. So it doesn't mean it's necessarily gone. It just means they're going to have to outbid some teams. And that gets dicey because you never all it takes is one team to make some offer that you just don't want to compete with. Um, That's something to watch. Another thing to watch. Uh, multiple sources within the league have, have told fans sided myself that, look, DeMarcus Lawrence, if he were to hit the market, is going to be the highest paid free agent out there. My understanding is that he is not going to hit the market, that he will either be tagged or he'll be signed to a long-term deal prior to March 13th, which is the beginning of the league year. If he's tagged, expect them to work all the way up to July 15th deadline to get him signed to a long-term deal. Okay, that is a fact. If If they tag him, and they go through that deadline of July 15th, that is going to be a bad situation in Dallas. Like he's not coming for a long time. So that would be something to watch. Um, in Kansas City, uh, 
source expressed to me that, look, they're not going to keep D. Ford and Justin Houston. They'll, they'll keep one. Uh, it's likely that they keep Ford. And I believe it was Tom Palacero of NFL Network who reported today uh, that the Chiefs are leaning toward Ford, which I reported uh, about a week ago, and I can make, still confirm that that is the case. So Tom is 100% on the mark there. Um, Justin Houston's likely gone. He's going to make a $21 million cap number next year. They cut him, they say $14 million bucks. That pretty much pays for Ford tag, which is like 15 8 um, So the Chiefs are not going to keep both those guys. So you're going to have a very good pass rush going on the market one way or the other. Ford's just younger and he's cheaper. Mm-hmm. And so the Chiefs are leaning that direction. Um, and then the other ones would just be Jadavian Clowney is going to get tagged by the Texans. Oh, yeah. uh, source indicated to me that is a, a certainty, that it would be a stunning turn of events. If he's not tagged and then they'll play this year out and then they'll figure out whether they want to keep him long-term or uh, tag him again or you know so on. So they'll, they'll figure out their options there. Um, but those are just some of the free agency nuggets I have. Also, last thing, because we talked about Flacco last week, um, one high-ranking NFL personnel person expressed to me does not believe Case Keenum will get traded, thinks that he will get cut because teams know he's going to get cut. And a team to watch for Case Keenum, the Washington Redskins. Interesting. Also, two people in high places in the NFL, both almost simultaneously, oddly enough, expressed to me that they believe the Broncos are still going to take a first-round quarterback. Hmm. So It's going to go over well with Joe. Since, you know, we don't, went over so well – the last time it happened. Yeah, good times. Good times. But in <laughs> any event. Drew Locke's running into a brick wall. Oh, Drew right Locke was the worst kept secret in football. They all <laughs> Denver loves Drew Locke. So those are my uh those are my nuggets from, from the weekend. But that that's where we are. Um and uh I'll be at the combine next Tuesday. You'll be there. Uh I'm not sure if it's on Tuesday or at some point during the week. Um Jason will be there. So Fanside will be there in mass or invading Indianapolis. Um and I will have plenty more uh, nuggets and, and notes and hopefully some breaking news. And I, I plan on being very busy. And if I don't come back with breaking news, then stop listening to this podcast because I failed all of you. That's right. Um, you heard it here first. That's right. <laughs> I, will, I will get some news. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, thanks to our sponsors over Fanatics. Uh, go to fanatics.fansided.com. Save 20% off your shipping when you use the code word fansided. And, of course, you can get all your gear whether it be a hat or a scarf or a jersey or, or gloves or socks or w- whatever you need, whatever you want, fans, fans like and Fanatics, but Fanatics has you covered. Uh, so please go ahead and check them out and give them your business. Uh, of course, thank you for everyone who listens. If you're a first-time listener or you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Please leave a comment and a rating. Really appreciate uh, all the continued support. We will be back. Next week, next Monday. It's going to have to be on Monday because I'm in Indianapolis the rest of the week. So we got to get it done on Monday, uh, but we'll be back. Hill, any uh, final thoughts? No, I'm just ready for this next crazy phase because it's Kyle minus free agents and the draft. It's the schedule, and then it's another dead period. You know, I love the NFL, but there's a part of me that's like, ah, finally get to breathe. I get to relax. What you thought. Nope. Joke's on you. Nope. (laughs) Which has been great. I've been able to, you know – have a good time with this period, but uh, I got that house trying to finish the basement. I'm telling you, every time, every time, <laughs> I literally, literally, I was in the middle of spackling the, the walls of my basement. My phone went off, and it was a, it was a GM, and I had spackle all of my hands. I couldn't answer. If I was wiping my, I, I ruined the t-shirt and spackle. I looked like a monster. You better build that GM. I should. I should be. Hey, eight bucks. <laughs> this wasn't nothing. 
Count it against your cap. All right, anyway, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. Make sure to follow Stack in the Box at Stack in the Box on Twitter and follow Hill and myself and shoot us any questions you have or any comments. Appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it, but a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.